And just open your mouth and begin to praise him out of your mouth. Just open your mouth. Don't use your hands as a crutch. Open your mouth and praise him. It's hard not to use your hands, I know, but open your mouth and praise him. Open your mouth and extol his name. Father, we bless you. We thank you for breakthrough anointing that is in this house. We thank you for your tangible presence that we feel and encounter every time we come in this house together. Thank you for the honor of entering your throne room, for hanging out in your presence. Thank you for the privilege and honor of calling you Abba Father. Thank you for healing us, loving us, setting us free, healing us mind, body, and soul. Thank you for never leaving us, never forsaking us. When the world's going crazy, thank you for being our peace. When the rest of the world is broke, thank you for being our rich heritage. When somebody walks out, thanks for walking in. Just thank you, Father. Just thank you. You can be seated in his presence for a few moments. It's good to be in his house. My, my dad would say it's good to be in his house with his people and in his presence. It's a pretty good combination. You know, his house is an important place to be. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the anointing and what happens when you have an oil leak. First John chapter 2, verses 26 through 29. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you should not need anybody else to teach you anything. At some point, doesn't mean you get above teaching and above learning, but it means you arrive at a state of living that you know who he is and you know who you are. And nobody who comes along and tries to convince you otherwise can shake you. It's called stability. It's called maturity. You shouldn't have to be taught the base things all over again. But as his anointing teaches you, there's your teacher, about all things. And as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. In other words, you'll know them by the fruit they bear, or the fruit they don't have. That's what that means. So let's talk about the anointing just for a few minutes. It's simply the power of God to accomplish his purpose. And, you know, the anointing is a church word. There may be some of your friends who have a, no clue what the anointing is. 
but I'm going to give you some, just some basic definitions. There's your basic definition. The anointing is in your life. It's the power of God resting on your life, flowing out of your innermost being to accomplish his purpose. The anointing is your wisdom. The anointing is your discernment. The anointing carries insight and revelation. It is in his anointing that you find your joy, your passion, his power, his glory. The anointing will give you confidence, make you bold. Now, there's a funny story about my mother. She went to a conference years ago with some people on her staff, and the conference person at the pulpit said, please come forward and, um, if you need more boldness in your life. And my mother got up from her seat and went up there. And her assistant, her admin assistant that was with her was like, you need to come sit down. You don't need to be in that prayer line. But it worked. She came out bold. She went in bold and came out bold, bolder. The anointing is the authority of God in your life. The anointing will make you cry. It'll make you laugh. The anointing will make you righteously indignant over some things that are going on. The anointing is the power to preach. It's the power to teach. It's the power to sing. It's the power to testify. The anointing is the power to do spiritual warfare. Without his anointing, you do not know how to win a battle. It's his peace. The anointing is a thing in your life that takes time to grow. You don't get all you get in one dose. The anointing in your life is a process. The anointing is meek. It's also strong. The anointing is what carries you through the suffering of a loved one. It gives you peace during that rebellious child syndrome that's in your house. The anointing is what gives you your song in the middle of your divorce at midnight. The anointing will carry you through every season of your life. God's anointing releases healings and deliverances, miracle signs and wonders. But it's the same anointing that helps us live out our everyday life as, and become one of the called out, chosen, and set apart, appointed people of God. So that's a basic definition. Now, how many know you need a little more anointing than what you have? Let me know you can never get enough anointing. You can activate the anointing of God in your life. Acts chapter 2, 38, 39. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins. That's the first step. And turn to God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, that controversial third part of the triune Godhead. Let me tell you why he's so controversial, because he's so powerful. And the enemy has built platforms against the power of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away who have all have been called by the Lord our God. Any born-again believer has the capacity to receive his anointing. God wants you to walk in the anointing and giftings he is destined for your life. Today, I believe he wants to impart a fresh anointing on your life, one that will change your day, change your month, 
change your year, put you on a stable playing field. Instability in your life is not God's will. Double-mindedness is not God's will. Being hot one day and cold the next is not God's will for you. Believing, hope so, maybe so. No, you need to come to a place in your relationship with God where I know in whom I have believed. I know. And you've come too late in my life to tell me something different. God is no respecter of person. See, it's the enemy, not God. It's the enemy who'll say, you aren't good enough to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and to have an anointing on your life. You know, you've been divorced, so you don't qualify for the anointing. You've had an abortion, so you don't qualify for the anointing. You didn't come from a ministry family. That might qualify you for the anointing. <laughs> the enemy tells you you aren't perfect enough. You know, the enemy will say you know the kind of past you've had. The enemy's a liar. Anything that's coming into your mind that is not peace and overwhelming joy and love and acceptance and forgiveness and stability is not God. Anything that's confusing, confusing you and warped and brings fear into your life, it's not God. Now here's the key. The anointing of God requires submission to the Holy Spirit. Here is your simple deliverance life formula. We make it so difficult. We write manuals on it. We are even going to teach some courses on it in the Roar School. We teach them right now. But here's the bottom line. If we get this formula in our lives, everything changes. It's a simple formula. Submit to God. Resist the opposite of God. And the evil and the wickedness and the bondage and the depression and the anxiety and the infirmity and the double-mindedness and the instability has to flee. See, so you got to know who you are in God. Submitting to his lordship is a requirement. Submitting your will to him can we ever reach a point where we stop allowing our flesh to rule and reign? We can go back to, I think it's Isaiah 53 we just read a while ago. He was crushed. He was bruised. He was whipped. For what? For us to live wishy-washy, hopeless existence. That is not why he went to a cruel cross. That is not why he took 40 stripes on his back. That's not why they pierced him in his side. That's not why he went through all of that. That's not why he went to the Garden of Gethsemane and, and sweated so much he was sweating blood out of his body. He didn't do that so you would have to live in a hope so, maybe so kind of life. He did it so you could live in overwhelming victory. Say, Pastor Rita, do you believe that? Mm-hmm, I sure do. I sure do. If I died for you, I wouldn't want you living some kind of wobbly way. If I gave my only one son for you, I'd probably visit your house tomorrow and say, hey, baby, you need to get some stuff straightened up because I died for that. I sent my only one son for that. You need to stop that junk. See, submitting your life to him is a requirement. There is a price to pay 
a holy price to pay for the anointing of God to operate in your life. The Bible says he will not dwell in an unclean temple. Faith releases the anointing in your life. Openness to the anointing and openness to, this, to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is the first step to release the effect and benefit of his anointing. You will find people in the church, thousands of them in the body of Christ, who are closed to spirit baptism, who are closed to the anointing of God. But if you want greater access to his resources, greater access to his healing, greater access to his discernment, then your life needs to be filled to overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. And everything about your life changes. Everything. Now here's what we have to do. You got to guard against an oil leak. Proverbs 13, 6 says, righteousness guards the person of integrity. Mm. I know a scripture that says, without holiness, without righteousness, none of us will see the Lord. But wickedness overthrows the sinner. You say, well, I, I don't, I don't want to be wicked. But if you're thinking unrighteous thoughts, let me, let me just, let me boil it down a little closer to the bottom of the pot right now. Are your depressive thoughts unrighteous? So well, I just can't help it. You need to find a place to help it. See, we have life gates in our life. And we have to guard the life gate. Because we can overthrow the purpose of God in our life by not guarding against an oil leak. The signs of an oil leak in your car, you know, sometimes you may pull your car in your garage or your parking spot and you pull out and there'll be a puddle of something there. Body of Christ, are we going into places and pulling our life out and we've left an oil leak there? The first signs of an oil leak in your car, you'll probably see it on the concrete, on the pavement. If you go have your car looked at, they, will, they may tell you that your seals are worn out. What's a seal? It's the glue that holds something together. So what are we doing as his sons and daughters that are, not, that are causing us to be unsealed from him? They may tell you your connectors are missing. See, if you've ever gone, something in your house stops working electrically and, it, and it, the plug is just kind of hanging out of the wall. I've even spread some prongs out before and got a little bit tighter to go back in that wall. So we can look like we're plugged in. But we just may be disconnected. And looking like we're at church on Sunday. But there's no power source. The lights even stop flickering in our life, but we're just still looking like we're plugged in. We just put on our church stuff on Sunday. 
but our lives are powerless. Powerless. So we need to check the connectors. The technician may tell you that your oil pan drain plug is deteriorated. So if your oil plug deteriorates, then what holds the oil in your life can't sustain it. So we have to check our plugs. What are we unplugging? What, what, we have to check the stopper. You know, it's like putting a stopper in your sink. If your stopper's not in your sink just right, it won't hold water. And it'll run right down the drain. You just wasted all that dish detergent and all that hot water just went right down the drain. Because you didn't have something in position to hold that that needed to be held. So we need to check our plugs in our lives. We need to increase the capacity for more oil in our life and stop having oil leaks. See, it's one thing when you have continual oil leaks, you just you know, put another pint of oil in. Then you spend your life like a sputtering engine. And your dash starts flashing. Low oil. Engine running hot. Just an oil leak is the most common thing to kill the engine in your car. How is it for us spiritually? Our oil leaks, if we don't get them stopped, will stop the engine in our lives. Our spiritual engine will grind to a halt. You know, and we are all guilty. Um, and, and you see it manifesting. The spirit of offense has been le unleashed in the earth. But all of us have things inside of us that we carry that can be sometimes triggered. And if we don't learn to deal with those triggers, then those triggers cause an oil leak in our life. Those offenses that we don't get over. The unforgiveness that we harbor. Well, you don't know what they did to me. It really doesn't matter. Stop letting, letting them live in your head rent-free. Move a victim. Move them out. When they call you, let it go to a thing called VM, voicemail. There's also a delete button on your phone that will delete your voicemails. There's also a thing called a block button on your phone. You can block them off your phone. There's, there's some things that you need to block out of your life to stop the oil leaks. An oil leak can cause you to lose control of your vehicle while driving. So, body of Christ, while you're driving down the road of your life, if you don't check your oil leaks, your engine will come to a stop. And so many get used to living with a sputtering lifestyle. I'm, I'm, a, little oil, I'm a little low on my oil, so I'm going to go to church today. I'm, I'm feeling a little low on my oil, so I'll get my Bible back out. We need to plug in our connection and never unplug it again. Because if, if he was the God that brought you through a thing five days ago or five months ago or five years ago, he's the same God today. 
See, I, I, believe, I believe the Bible, as Pastor says, from index to maps. And when you talk about the, when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, it says they went over on dry ground. So why do we choose to live in muddy situations? If he delivered our ancestors from flooding waters and imminent death, and he paved a road in the middle of their chaos, why do we not believe? Why can we not learn to lean on what he's done and quit doubting him for what he needs to do? I want to show you a very familiar scripture. Psalm 23. It's, you don't need anything else in the Bible. The Bible is rich. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't know about you, but he's my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows without allergies. Without fog and smoke and all the stuff. He leads me beside peaceful streams, and I don't fall in and drown. He renews my strength, and he guides me along right paths so my life can bring honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I have no reason to be afraid, for he is close beside me. If I was a psalmist, I would have said, because he's living inside of me. But see, that was before the cross. You know, when Pastor got the waxing warm-up here a while ago, you know, if there's a good speaker in front of you, God starts stirring your spirit. And he starts talking about, you know, it wasn't the last. I think it was the last. It was the last supper for bondage. It was the last supper where they would ever have to sit and not be healed. It was the last time they ever had to breathe without the power of the Holy Spirit. So you need to celebrate some last things. So thank you for that inspiration, Pastor. We can preach on it. What was last? You prepare a piece. No, your rod and your staff. Oh, that's where we get a little ticky. Protect and comfort me. You know, that rod and that staff um, are there because he loves you. We like this part. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. But if you don't let his rod and staff protect you and comfort you and discipline you, there'll be no feast in front of your enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. See, the sheep were troubled by insects that buzzed their heads, very much like the insects that buzz our heads every day. When you turn on that stupid thing called a TV in your house, insects start buzzing in your house. When you grab your cell phone and you hit that great big old wild world, wide world called the internet, insects start buzzing your head. Some of that stuff needs to be cut off. Stop reading the articles. Stop reading the comments. Stop reading the post. Say live in a closed world. Yeah, go to the ozone layer where God is. Go to, the, go to the, the levels in your mind where God lives, where all things are possible, where he made the, the earth his, his footstool, that he change your thought life, change what you're focusing on. See, the insects would try to lay eggs on the moist membranes of the, the sheep's nose and ears. What's trying to lay eggs, poisonous eggs, in the life gates of your life? 
What relationship is depositing poisonous eggs, venomous eggs in your life? Guard your life gates. It says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me, chase after me, embrace me, hunt me down all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. See, the primary purpose of the anointing is to sanctify you and set you apart to live his holy purpose in the earth. The anointing oil is always associated with the house of God. So why do you think there is such a campaign against the power of the Holy Spirit and against the house of God? The enemy hates this gathering together because our anointings start colliding in the spirit realm like atomic bombs. And he knows that where two or three are gathered, it don't have to be two or three. It can just be one agreeing with another because I can put a thousand to flight, but two of us, baby, can do what? Ten, and and when, once we get past two, we're a forceful army. And the enemy knows that because these moments are life-giving moments. They're healing moments. They're, they're life-sustaining moments, and he wants you out of it. So that's why he fights the vision of the church so viciously. Isaiah 10, 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day. Somebody say, This is that day. That his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. I don't have time to go into the ingredients of the anointing oil. It's powerful. It's, it's, but we don't have time for that college course today. Because we could preach six weeks on the anointing and never touch, never tip the edge of the iceberg. But I want to show you one more translation of that same verse in the NIV. In that day, their burden will be lifted from your shoulders. Their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. Now, we're a society that fights being fat. But let me just break it to you, baby. You need to be fat and muscular in the spirit realm. You need to know who you are. See, there are yokes around all of our necks. And here's what happens in the body of Christ on a regular basis. I've watched it for years in ministry. People will pray to be delivered. God will start touching their life and start strengthening their anointed muscles and it get, that yoke gets tied around their neck. And they start having a harder time breathing and, and a more difficult time moving because their anointing is increasing but the yoke is not yet broken. And often that's the point where people say, well, God is moving me. They always play the God card. And I'm like, God is not within a thousand miles of what you're saying. God has told us to leave, but we don't know where we're going. Really? I'm going to leave my husband. I'm going to get another job. No, you do yourself damage by praying for God to be released in your life. And then when he starts the process, the yoke's going to get tight before it breaks. 
And that's when we call a pushing season. You push until something breaks. You keep on pushing. You keep on pounding in the spirit realm. I will not give up my stance. I will be healed. I will be set free. I will be delivered. My kids are healed. My kids are set free. My kids are delivered. I have drawn a line and I will not go back. So I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep pushing. And sometime in the middle of your pushing, and sometimes in the middle of your planting your feet, that yoke will break off of you. And you'll wake up one morning and you're thinking, that tightness is gone. You'll find yourself praising one Sunday morning and you'll realize, wow, something feels different. The yoke just broke off of you. But see, we make the mistake when it gets tight. Well, maybe that word I got from God, I misunderstood it. So we start retreating spiritually. And our little spiritual anointed neck gets skinny and bony. So that yoke just becomes a necklace around our neck. But this scripture says, the yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. Which means your anointing is so mature. And it has muscled up to the point that no demon out of hell can handle your anointing. You get to a point, give me your best shot, I win. Give me your best shot, I am the overcomer. I am, I serve the I am, the great I am. He is the healer, he is the I am. He is the author and the finisher of my story. Get on your feet and bless him. See, I'm just trying to push you to a point that you get an anointing in your life, that you break the yoke. So you can call it generational curses. You can call it whatever you want to call it. But it's an anointing to break yokes. Some yokes break easier than others. If you're fighting something generational, it may take it a minute to break off of you. You may have to push. See, to birth anything, just thank God you're not an elephant. takes them a long time and then when you see what they birth Jesus be with them I've watched horses be born oh God be with them I'll take my little five and a half pound baby when she was born <laughs> but you have to learn to push see I believe that you can get to a place in your life where you wake up in the morning and you don't have to ask for an anointing you don't have to wonder if you are you don't have to wonder if God will do it for you you can reach a place in your life where you know that you know that you know doesn't mean it won't be tested doesn't mean that things won't happen in your life that you may have to be you know reposition your feet every now and then but there is a place where you can live full of his power and full of his authority and full of his word activated in your life. That's what the remnant is on the earth. We don't need any more people in the body of Christ that are in one day and out the next. I want to invite everybody to come down front. I want us just to close this service together. Just close in tight as a family. Just come as close to the front as you possibly can.
I sense his power in this room. I sense his peace. I sense his love. But I also sense his pushing. He's pushing us to a place where we know that we know that we know. And we get a Job anointing. Ain't nobody wants to sign up for Job's life. Let's be honest. But in the middle of his life trial, he said, Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. You need to get a yet praise in your life, no matter what you're going through. Though he doesn't heal me, yet will I see him on the hills of glory. Though my child, no, I never see my child's salvation. My child is saved and I'll see him on the other side. You need to get a yet praise in your mouth. No matter what gets kicked at me, yet will I serve him. And when you get a yet will I serve him anointing in your life, then guess what? Your kids get healed. Your babies get saved. You get healed. His peace prevails. Because you settle the battle in your mind. See, when we clean out the playground of our mind, there are conversations that we allow to come into our presence that need to be kicked out. There are some people you need to kick out. So we're not supposed to love them? Yes, you're supposed to love them. But if you've been haggling with them for 30 years, let me give you a revelation. They're probably not changing. Because greater than you has come before you trying to get them changed. Doesn't mean you have to be ugly, but it means you start guarding your life gates. You start guarding what you allow in your house, what you allow on your phone, what you allow in your mind, what you go eat with. Say with their family, we'll see them about twice a year and tell them bye in about 20 minutes. Have somebody call you with an emergency phone call. You can call me, Loretta. I'll come in time. So that sounds ugly. No, you put barriers around your life. So you quit wishy-washy, wishy-washy. I'm in, I doubt. I'm in, I, it's time to stabilize. And know who you are. And know who he is. And stop tolerating venom. Stop tolerating toxic. Stop tolerating manipulation. Manipulation is witchcraft. Offense can be witchcraft in your life. Because what happens with our offense is, I start telling my friend Loretta, and she said, yeah, that would tick me off too. Then she don't need to be my friend unless she says, that would tick me off too. But you need to get over it. Who's in your life? Who's speaking truth to you? How much truth can you take? I want you just to lift your hands and just submit yourselves right now to the Lordship of the Holy Spirit. Father, I release the power of your Holy Spirit across this room and across the waves that these cameras are taking this service. I release the power of the Holy Ghost. I release you to do your work, sir. You know how to show yourself strong. You know how to show up in the midnight hour. You know how to bring peace that passes our human understanding. 
So as we stand here with hands lifted, we're saying to you, we are candidates for a greater anointing. We are candidates for a greater anointing. Open your mouth and bless him right now. Open your mouth and bless him. Open your mouth and bless him right now. Anointing. Ask him, fall on me. I want your anointing. Fall on me. Here's the key. Let the power. Let the power of the Holy Ghost. I just want you to put your shoulders on the per your hands on your shoulders on the person in front of you. Just take your hands and just put it on their shoulders as a sign of connection. A sign of connection in this house. Because the enemy's goal is to separate us. To pull us apart. To make us think we are alone. To make us think that what we're going through is bigger than what anybody else is going through. He is a liar. He is the father of lies. You need to understand you're touching a miracle. You're touching a miracle that without the saving grace of God, that person would not be in this room. So I want you to open your mouth and pray for that person that you're touching as if it's the last prayer that will ever go to heaven for them. Open your mouth and pray right now. Pray like it matters. Pray like it matters because it does. Fall on me, Let the power of the Holy Ghost work through you right now. Let the power of the Holy Ghost Let it flow through you right now. Let it flow through you right now. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Anointing, flow through me. Anointing, Shut up. 
and that's real we want hands laid on us and that's real we want somebody to believe for us and that's real all of those have their place but what the enemy wants you to spend your time thinking is that what's in you is not good enough yeah, yeah, yeah. what's in you is not good enough but if Jesus Christ is living and dwelling in your innermost being and you have submitted your life to the power of the Holy Spirit, then you have a river of anointing that is supposed to be flowing out from you. You have a river of peace. You have a river of discernment. You have a river of stability. You have a river of balance. You have a river of everything you need right inside your belly. So I want you to lay your hands on your spiritual belly. I'm fighting the urge to lay hands on every one of you, but he's teaching me something. You need to learn sometimes to lay hands on your own self and call up your own anointing. There's a scripture that says, stir up the gift that's within you. You stir it up. Today is a you stir it up day. I want you to put your hands on your belly and we're going to sing it one more time. When we get to that line, let the power of the Holy Ghost, you need to get ready for it to fall on you according to your measure of faith are you ready I want you to look at your hands before you do it just look at your hands say my hands are anointed my feet are anointed my thought life is anointed my life is anointed I have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this this is that day when I get spiritually fat and this junk I've been dealing with is breaking off of my neck 
I'm done with this yoke. I'm done with it. I'm tired of wearing this necklace. I'm tired of it. See, there are chains that the enemy can put on you. You can still move, but you're bound. So I want you to look at your hands and say, my hands are anointed. My feet are anointed. My words are anointed. My thought life is anointed. And I'm about to lay hands on my spiritual belly and release the river of anointing. See, I, I believe it literally. I believe, Joy, that when you lay your hands on somebody's head to wash it, something can happen to the point they'll go, did you change your shampoo, Joy? No, I didn't. I just anointed my hands. I believe you can meet somebody at the water fountain tomorrow. And they will say, what happened to you, Beth? Nothing. I'm just walking in a greater level of anointing. Just a little messed up. I, I live a little messed up. So put your hands on your belly. Sing it at him. Let the power inside of you that needs to be released there's power inside of you there's dynamite Holy Ghost power inside of you now pray like it matters now pray like it matters now pray let the Holy Ghost speak through you right now
you are raising up people in this hour that know who you are and know who they are. So it is our prayer today. Let the power of the Holy Ghost flow through me. When I'm in the grocery store, let him flow through me. When I lay my head to rest tonight, let the power of the Holy Ghost flow through me. When I get up in the morning to eat my breakfast, let the power of the Holy Ghost flow through me. When I go to my job, let the Holy Ghost flow through me. When we pick up our kids from school, let the Holy Ghost flow through me. When we go to see somebody in the hospital, let the Holy Ghost in our marriages, let the Holy Ghost reign. In our babies' lives, let the Holy Ghost reign. Let the power of the Holy Ghost flow through me. In Jesus' name. See, when you release his river of anointing, if you hadn't been by a rushing river lately, just Google one on the internet. Google when streets are flooded. It takes all the trash and all the debris out. So the more you let the Holy Ghost flow through you, the bondages can't stay. The trash can't stay. The debris can't stay. The doubts can't stay. The sickness can't stay. The confusion can't stay. The frustration can't. The fear can't stay. And you just learn to flow his anointing and any time that the enemy tries to throw something at you you just unclog the dam and you just release some more anointing on it oh we got a sick report I'm going to just release some more anointing on it some didn't go right I'm just going to release some more anointing on it see the Bible says rivers not just one rivers of living water I gotta quit my time is up it was up 25 minutes ago but he took 30 minutes to receive an offering and Adam did announcements so so the service went like this we sang we worshiped for 30 we took up money and told you what was happening for 30 I preached for 30 now y'all worship for 30 so this ain't about on my dime aren't you glad to be in his presence aren't you glad to be in his presence I release you into a greater flow of his anointing. A river of exploits. Watch God. That's the only word I've gotten in probably three years. Anybody comes to me with something, I just said, watch God. Just watch him. Just, just watch him. Because we're in a season where he's doing it all by himself. All we got to do is say, here it is. I'm going to watch you, Father. I'm going to watch God just be God all by himself. So watch God this week in your life. He's going to show up. He'll show up in little ways and big old crazy ways. You'll just go, wow. You're loved and you're celebrated. 
Have an amazingly anointed week. In Jesus' name. Anoint.